0: You've seen their TV shows, you've watched their webcasts, now the boys invite you to Poker in the Ears.
1: Hello my babies and welcome to Poker in the Ears, I'm Uncle Daddy, Joe Stapleton, he's my work wife James Hardigan. And like any
0: good spouse, I'm worried about my partner. Don't take this the wrong way Joe, but you look terrible.
1: You should be worried about me. I look and feel terrible. I was at Running Up Reno for like eight days. I flew overnight to get to Fargo, North Dakota for some Pania. I went straight into the studio after landing yesterday. And in all my years of poker, I've always known that that would happen eventually. Yeah. But when it did, oh, my God, was it a rough day for me yesterday. Just I flew from Reno to Seattle to Chicago, to Fargo, to go directly to the studio. This, uh, I've been out of the studio for about 12 hours at this point, so uh, I am exhausted, I am tired, but I am here for you, for Poker in the Ears. I am a long way from Monte Carlo, literally, but figuratively, we are only about a week away, which means today is our Monte Carlo preview show. Yes i am still on a come down for running up reno eight because i think i might still be drunk and or spiritually in reno i will do an event recap and some stories from there including one bona fide hand history James, please tell me that you made notes i took notes thank god for that I, i took notes right when the hand happened i also spent a lot of time with spraggy while i was there so i got a couple of spraggy stories uh, we've got an interesting guest today, a guy I know very little about, but I'm looking forward to getting to know him better today. His name is Nick Walsh. He is from OP Poker. He will be live on the line with us. And finally, this week's superfan is Fraser Fraser. Fraser. Fraser Fraser. Fraser Shaw Morris That's from London. Name. and we will be going at it over the subject of hook
0: talking of movies joe i've shipped a couple of discs to your house in la for you to bring to Monte Carlo with you
1: you still buy discs
0: yeah it's it's a 50th anniversary edition of the good the bad and the ugly which was only released in the states so if i did want to get it online on itunes i can't get that version in the uk so i still have to buy the blu-ray
1: how many versions of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly do you uh, have you owned throughout have the I course owned. of your life? I've owned yeah. it on VHS.
0: <clears throat> I've owned it on DVD twice, and this will be the second Blu-ray that I will have owned. It's
1: so funny. I've been really thinking about that. You know, just sometimes you'll think about a movie a lot, like a couple of things will remind you of something, and I've been thinking about that movie. I don't think I'll have a chance to watch it before I bring it over to Europe for you, but uh, if you do, man, I wish I could.
0: Number one, it's a great movie, so worth revisiting. But also, and I don't want to get too geeky here, but the original Blu-ray transfer looked a bit shit. And they've done a new 4K scan where the picture looks less yellow. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing this version.
1: Well, I'm only going to be home for like three nights between now and Monte Carlo. So I will try to, th- and I have a stand-up show one of the nights. I'll try to throw it on maybe during the day on Saturday. Uh, have you Have you caught up with Game of Thrones yet? I am up to date with Game of
0: Thrones. I've seen both episodes so far.
1: I don't know, man. The last episode was, was good, but it felt... It was like, what What are we doing? It felt like a preview episode. Yeah. Like, they should have released that last... Like, in, between, in the in-between time.
0: I don't have a problem with it. I'll tell you why. Because I think we kind of needed to have this pause, this moment to reflect on all of the major characters who are still alive, and really look back on the journeys they've been on, and in the conversations they had reflecting on their arcs throughout the seven and a half seasons because let's be honest next week it's clear things are going to kick off and clearly many of these characters who we've been following for eight seasons are not going to make it to the end of the series so for many of them this is the end of their story so i think it was good to reflect and just kind of remember the good times and remember how they've progressed as characters before they're all dispensed by zombies in next week's showdown outside winterfell
1: yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It just kind of felt like the end of the episode. I, I just felt kind of unfulfilled. But I guess if they're going to have is there what is five more episodes.
0: I, I said to everyone as well, we were spoiled with season seven, which was the was seven episodes. This season's only six, by the way, so there's four more okay. to go. I think we were spoiled because so much happened so quickly in that seventh season, and there were a lot of huge set pieces. Whereas actually, if you look back at the early seasons and the mid-seasons, the pace was pretty slow. There were episodes where not a lot of happened. There was a episodes where there was a lot of talking, and then you'd have the big crescendo moments. And I think that's right. what we've gone back to. It's old-school Thrones rather than that, oh my God, everything's happening at once and I can't keep up Thrones that we had well, in Season 7.
1: I have a feeling the next three episodes are going to be just breakneck, nothing, uh, nothing but action. But uh, back to poker, back to real life, uh, Maria Ho, our friend... Made a huge WPT final table. I don't know if you know how they do this now, James, but they they pause play and they shoot them all at once because, you know – budgets and stuff uh, we're not the only ones that have to deal with that so uh, maria is going to be at a final table on may 30th I remember, in, uh, in uh, vegas I think
0: it's worth talking about by the way because this was obviously a controversial thing when the wpt announced it and it was likened to the november 9 the fact that you would pause uh, an mtt and resume it several months down the line and play all those final tables at once in terms of creating a spectacle an arena like event and making sure that you can have a big crowd that's filled with the friends and family of the players I don't mind it. I'm looking at it with my TV hat on in trying to create the best possible product for an audience. And actually, I think this is a pretty sensible way of doing it. However, I completely understand that it sucks for the players. It saps the momentum out of someone's strategy as they're making their journey towards that final table. Um, I think the only way you can justify it is if in some way there is added money or some form of compensation to the players so that they will play along with the whole thing.
1: Yeah, there's a f- compensation. They get to stay for free at the Luxor, huh? Oh,
0: well, in that case, job's are good un. Um, <laughs> I wanted to read a few of the comments from YouTube because we do invite you to post comments there and of course tweet using the hashtag poker in the ears. Uh, on Twitter, thank you to Andy Gibbons for suggesting that we could and should have a poker in the ears meetup game inspired by last week's guest Brad Owen. Got to try and work on how we could make that happen. Uh, Prison Mike on YouTube says, Brad Owen is a beast. Uh, Trey Boone has a question. James, what are these microphones? We did talk last week about how good the microphones we use are at blocking out background noise. So let's have a bit of a a geeky tech chat, shall we, Joe? We use Sennheiser headsets, HMD-27s. Now, for the longest possible time, when we did the live streams, we used those old school commentator mics that you would see Lip people mics. using in like black and white footage or from soccer games from the 1970s. And the reason for that was that the, the headsets, the headphones with the mic sticking out, they just couldn't isolate audio well enough. And because we were working in a noisy environment, because the entire production team's in the same room, um, you've also got the other languages sometimes in the same room as us, Spanish commentators, Russian commentators, who can be quite loud, they they just couldn't isolate that noise, and you'd get what we call bleed-through. And then a couple of years ago, we were given these to try out in Barcelona, funnily enough, and they're great, because holding that microphone the whole day, especially when you're on air for 12 hours, it was really annoying. And to have both arms free, it was a liberating experience. And these microphones are incredible, blocking out all of the background noise. So it doesn't matter that Joe's in a hotel room and I'm in my pokey little office back at home. It doesn't matter that the acoustics aren't perfect and we're not in a studio environment. It still sounds decent.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, they, they really are great microphones, and I don't want to jinx it, but they, they travel well, too, because I take this headset with me all over the world. I, I don't know that there's been a headset that's logged more miles than mine, but uh, it's holding up pretty well. More comments
0: and questions from YouTube. Andrew Lawless. Jenna Malone's character doesn't die in Donnie Darko. Andrew, what's the number one rule of being a know-it-on? Oh, no. Oh, no. If you remember the movie... Andrew. You'll know it's a kind of reverse It's a Wonderful Life. In that movie, James Stewart was shown a world where things went horrible if he died. And Donnie is shown a world where things are horrible if he lives. And in the version of reality where he lives and survives the jet engine crash, his girlfriend Gretchen is killed by a car, as brought up in last week's Superfan Quiz. So you are right to say that in the alternative reality displayed at the end of the film where donnie does die that she survives but there is a scene in the movie where she dies uh hello to dad thanks for recommending fleabag that tv series is fantastic yes it is
1: huff just tweeted about it last night he just finished the the first season and he was like he did the little mind blown emoji yeah
0: I mean, I can't wait for you guys to see the second season. Uh, Kevin Tretton says, I love turning your podcast on while I take a run because it helps me forget I'm running. Keep up the
1: great work, guys. Oh, we just reminded him. I'm so sorry. Don't stop.
0: Big Wodge has a joke for you, Joe, or an alternative Uh, quiz question. What does everyone's favorite little lost alien say? uh, He says E.T. phone home. No, Patrick E.T. phone home
1: Ah, you should have told me it was the Patrick Antonias quiz.
0: Well, it, there was no setup in the question. Oh. And finally, Trick Chins, whatever, I don't care about any of this, when can I play PokerStars again in the U.S.? Hey. And I do sympathize, and I feel, for all of our American listeners and American friends who are unable to play on PokerStars, I do find it amusing, though, when they point the finger of blame at Stars itself. Right. Like, why won't you take American customers not really our choice might want to investigate the legal situation in your particular state
1: why would they do that when they can simply decide they're right
0: very good point okay uh, let's return to the state of ne- am i saying it right nevada nevada uh,
1: nevada let's... as they get mad but as an english person they'll give you a break but i did get some shit for saying nevada myself but i guess it's nevada
0: okay well <laughs> we're going there to recap run it up reno Event Recap Event Recap
2: Load me up Raise your bet play it all on the line I'll be worth every dime I tell you Put your money on me Play it smart Feel the heat when i grab the dice and let them go i'll hit every single roll
3: i tell you put your money on me
1: so once again uh running up reno just such a good time james i'm hoping that you know i know there's some sort of loose if not more than loose affiliation between run it up and poker stars and hopefully we can get you out there for a couple of days one time because it really is fun um Just from the, obviously the organizers want everyone to have a good time, but the staff, you know, they bring in all of these uh, dealers from other poker events and they're all poker fans, you know, so no one is even really working. It's just a lot of fun. I did hang out a lot with Spraggy because for me, I can't do eight days of poker. At most, I can do like two days of poker, and then I need a break from it. And luckily, uh, Spraggy's the same way. So me and Spraggy were like one of the only folks who got out of the casino a couple times. I
0: did see the video on social media of Spraggy being turned into bald Spraggy, which was a very amusing sight.
1: Oh, that was hilarious. Yeah. And he was miserable. It's so funny because I would think that he was just pretending to be miserable. Like, you know, cause you got to give the people what they want. No, he was genuine, genuinely miserable. Wouldn't go anywhere with me while he was in it. I was like, let's go to dinner. And he's like, no, he's like, I'm not like this. <laughs> and then I was, it was actually amazing because I, I, we, we did go for like lunch in the cafe in the casino and I was like, oh man, like it's my first day here. I just landed. I was like, it's my first day here and I really want to talk to some of these people but I kind of just want to sit and have a meal and not get bothered. Nobody came over to our table to say hello to me because they thought I was there with my grandpa. (laughs) They could only see the back of Spraggy and everyone who later saw me was like, yeah, we saw you in the cafe. Who was that old man you were with? Maybe that's
0: Joe's dad. Maybe that's the guy who's been punching him in the stomach for all these years.
1: Yeah, and so we got to have a nice, peaceful meal. Oh, and I got a video of Spraggy um trying to get the seniors discount when we checked out. Too good. But he's English, so he was really bad of at it. He's he just was. Bad at... Of course he was. Uh, so, yeah, so we did leave the casino a couple of times to go to another casino. <laughs> um, As one does. Yeah, we went downtown. We went to like that little downtown strip. You've seen the big sign, Reno, the biggest little city in the world. Uh, we went on a couple of different nights and saw some movies. We saw Shazam, which I loved. Uh, we shot. We saw Hellboy, which I hated. Uh, it's I mean, not Hellboy's, done well
0: at the box office, has it? It was
1: uh, honestly one of the. It was like a B movie. It was like one of the worst movies I've seen in a really long time. Like laughably bad in many scenes. Um, but then this thing happened as we were walking from. Now, look, downtown Reno is a little rough. And as we were walking from uh, like Circus Circus to the movie theater, a street fight broke out. Oh, God. And I am the kind of person who I can't walk past something like that and act like it's not happening and just move along. So I made it a point to try to break up the street fight. And I felt really bad for Spraggy and his friend Jake because they didn't know what to do. They were like, holy shit, we don't want to be involved in this, but also now our friend is involved and we don't want to be two dirtbags that just walk away from our friend. But I don't expect them to get involved. This is a choice that I am making to involve myself in this situation where I really shouldn't. I know it's stupid.
0: Oh, trust me. If I'm ever with you and you decide to get involved in something like that, you're on your own. I'm out of there. I'm not hanging around to witness it.
1: Right. So I don't expect other people to do what I do. Um, So what happened was I'm I'm trying to get involved in this street fight. And I I know that I'm going to get hit a lot of the time at best. Uh, Now, we're talking about the United States of America. So if only fists are involved, you're lucky. And uh, at one point, the one guy is really just sort of punching this other guy in the head and he's down on the ground. So then I really get involved and get in between the two of them. And it looks like. The guy who had been winning uh, understands that I'm not really a part of this fight, and I'm just trying to 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 defuse the situation. But what happens is his mate comes around the corner and sees this fight happening, and now thinks it's a two on two fight oh, or a two on one fight. So his friend comes charging at me, fists in the air, and I'm <laughs> and Spraggy and his poor friend, they have no idea what to do. So they're just sort of watching and nothing bad happens. I mean, nothing worse than one guy sort of getting knocked out. Um, but so we did eventually go to the movies and then I'm waiting in line to buy some popcorn in the movies. And obviously, you know, your adrenaline's pumping and you're sort of calming down from it and Sprague and Jake are laughing at me. And then we looked down and I reach out to pay for my popcorn and I've got blood all over my arm and i don't know if it's my blood or not because in those situations you, you you don't know you don't really you're not really registering what's happening and i went to the bathroom and lo- washed it off luckily it was not my blood
0: nor were they I your didn't... teeth in your pocket
1: that's right no blood no teeth and uh look james now you know a hero i don't know if you've ever met no, a hero this sounds before. like
0: the story of a moron. I literally do not understand why you would ever go near that situation and to underline the point you just made especially in a country like america where people could be carrying god knows what but i guess you are in a fortunate situation where if you can afford to play poker as a hobby you can afford health insurance
1: Oh man, yeah! What a fucking what a fucking genius that guy was. Anyway, it's because I I wouldn't be able to sleep at night knowing I just walked away from that situation that maybe someone died, maybe someone got put in the hospital, and I could have done something about it. And look, I absolutely understand it's stupid, and I don't. It's really really dumb, but it's just a a, a compulsion on my part. That was the worst thing. No, it wasn't. The poker is the worst thing that happened. Oh yeah, actually. I I
0: saw some tweets that implied you did not have any results.
1: So yeah, no, I had I had well, that's not exactly true, but yes, at the time of the tweet, it was true. So uh, I did play the main event, six hundred dollar main event, and James, I played the best poker of my entire life. Like I was just doing everything right, and I wasn't running great. I was running. Oh, you're being serious?
0: I thought this was sarcasm.
1: No, I was. I played really, really well. I read the table, understood the dynamic, was was stealing pots when i wasn't getting very many cards um i, I was just really happy i just about doubled my stack um when a hand happened that i have a question about and i was hoping we could do a hand history
0: it's a fantastic journey through space and time it's hand histories pre-flop action
1: all right so the blinds are 400 800 and I have eighty-five thousand.
0: That's All a right? decent stack. That's more than hundred big blinds. Nice. Correct.
1: Nice. There you go. We're setting the scene. Action unfolds to me on the button, and I have two black nines. That's a race. I raised to eighteen hundred. Good job. Small blind folds. The big blind calls.
0: The flop.
1: Jack ten nine two hearts
0: i mean anytime you flop a set yay on that board not so yay it's straighty it's two thirds flushy
1: not so yay but i think up against the big blind uh it's you can't really freak out too much because people call really really wide in the big blind these days they call with king seven they call with ten six they call with jack I mean, they do call with lots of hands that hit that as well.
0: Yeah, the problem is I'm in a situation where I look at that board and I immediately put my opponent on King-Queen, assume they've got the nuts, and, and fold when I get check-raised. But that's because I'm a giant nit. But certainly there are a lot of hands they will have which at least have a draw to a straight or a draw to a flush. So right. I, would, I would be playing it fast in your position.
1: Right, and I did choose to play it fast. And the other thing was this. So this was uh, pretty late in the day, the 400, 800 level was probably like level, I don't know what that is. I want to say at least level 10. And I think we are going to be playing something like 14 or 16 levels total in the day. Um, <clears throat> so, yes, that was my inclination was to play it fast. And also, the part of the psychology, and I know that this shouldn't factor in, but I like to be honest about, uh, about what's going through my head, is that I had had nines, eights, sevens fours threes okay those pairs and i had probably had nines four times sevens four times threes three or four times and i flopped exactly zero sets with any of them so i'm like really frustrated that i'm calling and folding a lot i don't i never even got to a showdown with any of those pocket pairs um so i was pretty frustrated so when i see this set of nines i i'm I'm overvaluing them a little bit.
0: Okay, so does the action get checked to
1: you? Yes, the action is checked to me, and I bet three thousand. Okay. So remember, I made an eighteen hundred pre-flop. Yep. He called out of the big blind, so there's like um, thirty-six hundred in there, and I bet I bet three thousand, which is a lot. Um, it's a little much. Uh, that bet gets called.
0: Okay, so no check raise, just a call, which just will take us to the turn.
1: Is a seven.
0: Seven of hearts
1: it is not a heart
0: okay but now any eight makes a straight right
1: any eight makes a straight that is correct so the board now is jack 10 9 7 checks again i'm like okay this isn't the worst thing possible and i don't want to give a free card here no i agree Um, with that strategy yeah, and so look, I'm like maybe I'm like ah, that's not a really good card for me, but I don't want to give another free or even cheap card, so now I bet fifty six hundred. Okay. So it's a little bit smaller, relative to the size of the pot now.
0: I don't think that's a huge issue. Please tell me we don't get check raised now. We do. Ugh! How much? And too? here's
1: here's the problem: the shove.
0: Oh, it's it a shove. Me.
1: It's a shove, but it's for sixteen thousand.
0: Okay. Ooh. Oh
1: that's and that's exactly the face and feeling that I have in this moment is that man, it's only like another nine or eight and a half K.
0: I see, this is the thing. If you're playing against another big stack and they check raise to like fifteen thousand in this situation I'm more inclined to call, but the fact that Guy's gone all-in makes me think that he already has it, that this is not a semi-bluff all-in. I think if it was a semi-bluff all-in, you're more likely to see that on the flop, on the turn. I think he's got it, and I'm tempted to reluctantly fold nines. Yes, you're getting a good price, but when someone moves all-in in that spot, if someone's betting the, their last chips, I don't know, I'm, I'm inclined, again, being a huge nit, to give him, give him credit.
1: Right, and I think that uh, all of that rationale is correct. Uh, And then I start thinking about other rationale of, okay, it's 9K more now to win whatever's in the pot, which I think is... Something like, you know, I'm like getting like two to one.
0: Sure. But how many times out of ten do you think this guy is making this move with a hand that you're beating?
1: I don't know. I Sure. Thing.
0: Against an unknown opponent, I'm going to say it's a very small number. Probably right. one or two.
1: And then I think about the fact that I am very unlikely to be drawing dead. Right? Like, or, like, I don't think I'm up against a set of jacks. Or a set of 10s. That's true. And so I've got outs to a full house. That's true. And also I have a straight draw as well.
0: All that you say is true.
1: Um, And so I'm like between these factors. And I'm like can I really put myself into situations where now I'm folding for this additional 9,000. I mean, 9, the 000, thing is, I can uh, talk
0: it through and I can say that I would be inclined to fold in the situation, but the reality is, I don't think it's a huge problem if you call. As you say, considering how little, in inverted commas, it is to make that right. call, the fact that you're probably not drawing dead. Um, so I'm assuming that your chips did go in.
1: My chips did go in, um, and I was up against the straight. What
0: round was it? Was it just a, a random eight, or did he have it on the flop?
1: It was 10 8.
0: Okay. So, flopped a pair, turned a straight, and the river? The river. Blank! Oh, Joe. But
1: the that, river blank.
0: Okay, so you lost a sizable pot there, but, you know, you still had a decent stack at the end of that.
1: I did. I did still have a decent stack at the end of that. And so, um, and, and look, that was the only real decision that i had all day so i wanted to share that hand with you guys yeah. the rest of my day went fairly similarly uh, in that i had a bunch more medium pocket pairs that never connected so by the time a, a mr ricky guan got to my table and sat two to my right this is when i always go broke i always go broke in these situations where someone gets moved to my table that i know They make some ridiculously bad or incorrect play or just get it in bad. I should say, I'm not going to say that they they got it in. Like remember when Dave got me with the Kings. So Ricky sits down at the table. Ricky is on his fifth bullet. Okay. In this main event, Ricky is in for $3,000 in a $600 event. And, I make some joke about, as soon as he sits down, I say, good luck, all-in player. And Cause karma he's... then
0: bites you on the ass.
1: Correct, because Ricky moves all-in on the first hand, says, oh, man, I feel like you are trapping me when I call him with ace-queen. Ricky turns over ace-deuce, and Ricky hits a deuce on the flop and takes me from my 60 big blind stack, or whatever it was, to a 20 big blind stack after hitting his deuce on the flop i then on the next hand am forced to move all in uh, with an ace and immediately get called by a pair of tens and i am eliminated from the tournament in two hands and i love run it up and i had a really good time but i do i did all of a sudden hear that norman chad argument of why should I have to beat professional poker player Ricky Guan six times in a tournament? You know, like it's, it's a little rough on amateur players to know that even if you knock out one of the best players in the field, he's just going to buy his way back in and you have to beat the best players in the field over and over and over again because all of the run-it-up guys were in for a minimum of two bullets, some of them six, seven, eight, nine bullets.
0: However, do you not want players juicing the prize pool who are willing to stick it in with ace-deuce when you've got ace-queen? I know the hand didn't play out how you wanted it, but you want that situation...
1: Well, you do, but also they're going to win that situation 30% of the time, right? Yeah. So I just think it's kind of – I'm not a huge fan of them having the opportunity to win three of the ten times they're going to do that. I do think there's something to be said for um, not being able to – look, I, I like a single re-entry single re-entry seems like a nice compromise to me to have to, to have like a five and six re-entries for really good players does seem to be a little bit rough on amateurs now the one thing i will say is that the amateurs they want to play with ricky guan they want to play with S- S- Sprinton and fraggy you know um and jason somerville so i understand it in that respect that if the players are happy to sit there and play with these guys multiple times. It is relatively heartbreaking though for someone who's in for one bullet to get knocked out by a guy who's in for the fifth. I, I give Rick a hard time on social media. Of course, I'm not actually mad at the dude. I want to make that clear. Um, you know, it's just annoying that one of the best players in the field has to also spend outspend me and outflop me. Whatever. I did have a blast after a couple of days went and played some cash games, some very drunken uh, one two games I went and sat down in this game where I was so sick of losing money that everyone at the table I got let in this like cash game with like Spraggy and Marley and Kevin Martin and Katie Lindsay and everyone's having a blast playing massive pots and it was one two table that they had no business playing but I was so mad that I was running bad that I kept short buying and when I say short buy I mean I was buying in for like forty dollars <laughs> In a game where everyone had like 4,000 in front of them. And I eventually, I'm not going to lie, I eventually got so drunk in this game that I had to leave. I was like, I can't be here anymore. I could I could barely speak, but not because I was so drunk, but because I was laughing so hard. Like I was tears streaming down my face. I had a blast on the very last night. I got Spraggy was like, come on, it's our last night. Let's go play some poker. I got talked into playing a PLO game. And I was like, oh, I don't – like I kind of know what I'm doing in Hold'em and I've had the worst poker week ever. I'm profited exactly zero in tournaments, zero in cash games. Um, all right, I'll play PLO. And I, I buy him for $420, the last money I have, and I get felted on the very first hand that I play – Uh, I get it in against this absolute maniac. I I had pocket kings and uh, the king high flush draw, and he had four, five, six, seven in his hand, no suits, and flopped the nut straight, and he held. And so I went broke on like my very first hand at the table, and I'm just so livid that I go to the cage and get a credit card cash advance For another $500 and go back and sit in the PLO game and end up cashing out for $2,500 in the PLO game. At which point I go and play slots by myself at 8 o'clock in the morning and win another $500 (laughs) playing slots between the hours of 8 and 10 a.m. And I end up leaving Reno with exactly the same amount of money that I came to Reno with.
0: That's pretty impressive that you pulled out of the hole at the 11th hour.
1: So ridiculous. So frustrating. Why couldn't it have just been slow and steady throughout the week? Uh, I don't know. But we got it done. And uh, the main event finished up the day I left. Congratulations, Dan O'Brien. I don't know how many bullets he's in for, but. He's a good kid, and we like him. So once again, running up Reno, you know, great. They announced number nine already, James, just so you know, well, October 11th through 21st.
0: When I get an invitation from the organizers, I will gladly accept it. Let's just put it that way. Uh, both of us will be meeting up next week, Joe, though, because we are working at a poker event. EPT Monte Carlo on the horizon.
3: Twelve rounds.
0: Ding, ding. Sick and tired of the whole damn thing, yeah Stick and move in the ring You can hit me with the words you fling You're never gonna keep it And we will be on the French Riviera all next week with four days of live coverage kicking off on Wednesday, the 1st of May. So it's the 1st, 2nd, 3rd and 4th, four consecutive days. That's day two of the main event through to the final table. Same deal as Sochi. And we'll be going live at 12.30pm local time. That's Central European summertime all four days. And there is going to be a $1,000 free roll Every single day, bar the final day, when we're going to double the size of the prize pool, it's going to be a two K free roll, but that $2,000 will be in Scoop tickets because Scoop 2019 is also on the horizon right now. We'll talk more about that down the line. Um, Something else we're doing. Joe, I know you were a big fan of the mini PSPC that we ran out in the Bahamas. We will be introducing in Monte Carlo, and there's a very good chance we do this in Barcelona and Prague as well. EPT online. So the idea here is it's a small version of an EPT main event with exactly the same format and structure played online that you can play while watching the stream. So it has 1,000th of the price. So instead of being a 5k, it's $5.50. Like an EPT main event, it's a single re-entry. And just like the EPT main event, you can enter right up until the start of day two, and this is going to be starting every day at five past eight in the evening, Central European summertime. So that's 7 05 pm in the evening, UK time.
1: So, because we're in Monaco for this one, can we actually play it? I believe we can. Hey, all right, fun! Now I'm extra excited. And there's
0: going to be a little bit of added value here as well because we're going to be giving away 5,000 euros. In oh. EPT Open Madrid satellite tickets. So at the start of day two, players at 10 random tables will be chosen and will be dropping those satellite tickets at the start of day two. So even if you bust day one, maybe save your second bullet, save your re entry for the start of day two to ensure mm-hmm. you're in contention to win one of those satellite tickets. And I
1: mean, just as we I did. Believe, I can't believe I'm going to quit my job to play the EPT Open in Madrid. It's crazy.
0: And we will be following... Hopefully playing as well, but definitely following the progress of the EPT online while we're calling the action in the main event. And, of course, you can watch the stream on the Pokestars YouTube channel, on the Pokestars Twitch channel, and at PokerStars.tv. So, Joe, we will be on site. Fintan and Spraggy will be in their respective homes, but they will be joining us on the line every day, providing expert commentary. They're going to be our regular sidekicks for our four days of coverage. But we're going to be introducing a new member of... Of the stream team as well, joining us probably every evening will be a guy who many people know as Op Poker Nick, aka Nick Walsh from Op Poker, who we're very pleased to say is joining us right now on Poker in the Ears. Welcome to the podcast, Nick.
2: Thank you so much. What's up, Nick? Hey, how's it going, Joe? Yeah, it's been. It's a. It's a great. It's a great honor to be here. I have to say,
0: we are thrilled that you're going to be part of the team. Uh, providing four days of live coverage from Monte Carlo next right. week, the next leg of the EPT. Um, I want to get into your story a little bit, Nick. I first became aware of your broadcast during EPT Sochi last year. I think when we were handing over.
2: That's right. Um, very well remembered. I, well, I was, I was, I was wondering whether or not you would have remembered because I mean, during that time there must be so much going on, you know. I didn't remember. <laughs>
0: Joe wasn't even part of the broadcast team for Sochi that year. That's how little he cares. Um, but we were handing over to the streams you were doing at the time, which were very much focused on power up and you had the reputation as the guy who was trying to keep power up alive but also was demonstrating that power up was beatable because when the game first came out some people liked it some people didn't like it but no one was sure whether it was a game you could actually make money at and i think you proved pretty quickly that you could
2: yeah, I mean, that was definitely uh, a pretty big part of our project. I mean, when, when, when we launched uh, OP Poker, um, it was more to do, like, we. first of all, we we're some, getting on stream was something that we always wanted to do anyway, and it was something that I said that I was going to do for a really long time and kept kind of putting it off. And by the time I actually arrived on the space, I kind of realized that it was already pretty, um, you know, saturated. It was kind of a saturated market. And then with the advent of, um, of PowerUp, James and I, my, my business partner and um, our other streamer on OP Poker, we realized that there was a pretty unique opportunity. Uh, w- there were some parallels here, right? Because it's a hyper format, which is something that we had focused on prior to launching OP Poker anyway. Um, and it's also a format that um, we should be good at because we played a bunch of other games like Hearthstone and stuff like that as well. So it had the card game aspect and it also had like the poker aspect and it also had the hyper aspect as well. Um, so when we set out to start doing it, it wasn't really to like prove anything necessarily. But I think the first thing that we knew that we had to do when we started the project was we had to prove that it was a format that you could beat anyway in order for us to have any credibility whatsoever. So that's when we decided that we were going to, yeah, like launch OP Poker. And the first thing we did was, yeah, we're going to do a bankroll challenge. Bearing in mind, both of us jumped into this bankroll challenge and we had no idea whether or not we could beat the game in the first place. So this could have been a catastrophic so you, failure. It, so you
1: didn't. You didn't figure it out first. You just no, said, no, let's no. do it and see what happens."
2: Well, so so we 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 looked at the game and we we kind of gave it some consideration, but neither of us had actually put enough in, in in enough volume to even you know figure out if we could beat it. We just felt confident we could do so. So we went out and stuck our. You know, drew a line in the sand and we're like, hey, guys, we're, we're the power up guys and we're really good at this. You should watch us play. All the while, not really sure whether or not we could beat the game. But um, that's when we decided, yeah, OK, cool. We're going to take it on. And um, sometime later, uh, live on stream, James and I both turned 30 U.S. dollars into 1,000 U.S. dollars. And then I, I went on to make some additional cash with it as well. Pretty much the first people to ever prove in a believable way that yeah it was a is a beatable format but not only that it's a format that you could beat at a pretty astounding win rate much more so than other formats on poker stars
0: wow and i only discovered in the last 24 hours that op stands for overpowered i thought it was some reference to like original poster or original post like (laughs) forum speak
2: yeah i mean well so so it's 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 a weird one because i think in forum speak that would make sense as well but uh, it was kind of a thing that we made up on the whim because we had played so much power up um, if anybody, any of the viewers out there ever played Power Up, if you're part of the forums on there, the most common thing that you see is OP because everyone goes, I "Can't believe they made that made that new card. They just completely broke the game. I'm never coming back to play this game ever again." Blah blah blah. And yeah, that's what they would call it. They'd say that card is so so OP. I'm never gonna play Hearthstone ever again in my whole life or whatever. And we thought, why why not? We maybe we'll be the OP poker of the world. I don't know. You know, maybe maybe we'll be the game breakers.
1: And that's where the name came from.
0: Joe, as someone who's played a lot of poker and a lot of Hearthstone, are you crushing Power Up?
1: Uh, you know, because I don't, I don't live in a market where the uh, Power Up is available for real money. I haven't played much of it. I do remember that you and I messed around with it a little bit. I think I don't. I can't remember if it was right before I left England or if it was while I was visiting, um, and I I won uh, three or four times my buy-in, and I was like, I'm retiring a winner from this game. <laughs> Uh, And I remember just not quite even understanding it. I I wish that uh, I had I don't think that, uh, Nick, your videos were around just yet. I wish they had been because I would have watched them. Uh, What I'm what I'm more curious in is what was your thing before that? Right. So, um,
2: I mean, so I, I guess I can start from the top. Um, I was originally born in the United States. I was born in Racine, Wisconsin, if you know where that is. I do uh, know where
1: Racine is. I have friends do. from there.
2: There you go. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just like a, a sort of smallish town in the States. Um, but I left the United States when I was really young. I left when I was about eight years old and I did all my schooling here and I went to the University of Brighton, which is where I started to like play more poker. Um, after university, having gone to almost no class whatsoever... Um, I pretty much just spent all my university years playing poker and not going to class during which time I also thankfully managed to teach myself how to, how to code and build websites as well. After university, I was building websites and I started to take poker more seriously. And it was at that point that I started to link up with poker friends. And, um, that's where I sort of started to take poker more seriously. And so just prior to, to, um, OP poker, James and I were playing, um, heads up hypers and spinning goes full time. Which is another reason why it's such a cool parallel to Power Up because um, Spinning Goes are a three handed hyper and Power Up is a three handed hyper and Spinning Goes are already a pretty misunderstood format as it is, you know? So we already had an edge in that respect as well. But uh, yeah, just beforehand, we were basically playing full time poker, we were playing Heads Up and Spinning Go.
1: So at what point did you make the decision to say, okay, we're going to go beyond friendship and hobby and now we're a business?
2: Well I I think I think James and I were already like pretty tight anyway so like making that transition wasn't a huge leap for us and I think we would we 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 had played around with the ideas of starting like training websites and stuff like that as well but again it was kind of saturated and we we were aware that a lot of the training websites were not doing a great job with this stuff anyway, but it was always a little bit of a big ass to just sort of present ourselves as like the be all and end all of no limit Hold'em. You know what I'm saying? Or just sort of rocking up and trying to be,
1: it's hard to just show up and be like, yeah, we know these guys have been doing this for like 10 years, but we're, <laughs> we're the, we're the new uh, guys and we know more than everyone else.
2: Yeah. I mean, so, but you know, but that, that's, that's why it was unique in power, right? Because it's a lot easier to present yourself as the, as the, as the masters of power up than it is to present yourself as the absolute no limit crushers, especially when the, formats that we were playing were kind of fringe formats anyway we're like playing heads of hypers is something that a lot of professional players do but most people are unaware of because the mainstream only follows mtt's and occasionally cash games if they're big enough or whatever you know what i'm saying over
0: yeah. the last 12 months uh nick there have been all these various i think they kind of call them morph games which are versions of hold'em with a twist whether it's right. showtime or whether it's yep. split hold'em uh six yep. plus is that something you guys have embraced as well
2: yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, in 2019, that's more of our remit. So all, all throughout 2018, our focus was power up and that was a lot to do with the fact that that's how we started, but also to do with the fact that that's what our bankroll challenges were all about. Um, but then in 2019, you know, we've been working a little bit more closely with PokerStars and we've been um, working a little bit more closely with PokerStars School. And during that time, we were like, okay, cool, sometimes people want to see something other than power-up. So at the end of last year, we started to mix in the morph games, you know, and we realized that if we were good at sort of breaking down a game like power-up, then breaking down a game where you've just taken two cards out of the deck or trying to break down a game where, you know, you're, you know, you're adding more cards to your hand or whatever was kind of a lot easier than, than sort of trying to break down this entire new, new beast or whatever. So during that time and in 2019, we we're going to focus a lot more on these morph games, um, it's something that we like to tackle head on. It's something that like, we, we like to try and be the first to create content for it. And we've actually got a pretty awesome track record of making very viable early game strategies. Um, in particular, I know it wasn't a big favorite. Uh, do you guys remember Unfold Poker? Were you aware of this? Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. Very, very so, well. <laughs> and, yeah, a lot of people had some choice words to do with unfold, right? I mean, you know, and I think maybe there's a little bit of misunderstanding with these morph games sometimes, right? Like, morph games aren't here to replace Texas Hold'em, right? Like, no. a lot of people take serious affront to the idea that you're messing with their, you know, the holy grail of poker. But they kind of forget that poker has come such a long way to no to Hold'em, you know what I'm saying? So... Um, we try to jump in the games and we try and take advantage of the fact that people aren't particularly good at them. We like to create content for that. But we also would like to sort of preach something which is a bit different to do with whenever you take on these new formats and you try and become new, uh, become good at a new format, it makes you better holistically. You know what I'm saying? So whenever, um, whenever you learn how to play 6 Plus or whatever, it's going to make you a slightly better No Limit Hold'em player. In the same way that whenever you learned how to play PLO, it probably made you a better No Limit Hold'em player as well. Um, and I think these new games offer that quite an interesting uh, interesting um, way into that.
0: Now, I actually tuned into one of your streams the other day, Nick. You were actually yep. on the Pokestars Twitch channel and you were streaming Spin and & goes. and I found a lot of your strategy really, really interesting and uh, certainly made me think about certain spots in, in Spin & goes differently. But what was hilarious is that there was an offer that for every Spin & Go you won, <laughs> you were going to be giving away $15 Spin & Go tickets. That's and right. I think it's fair to say that you weren't having a lot of success and at one point and i think this was the highlight of the stream eric holreiser appears in the chat presumably to check how much he's on the line for and realizes oh, it's okay and it's peace out this is this is a cheap this is a cheap day for me
2: yeah yeah i think i think uh, whoever was i think it was robin who was managing the poker Stars, uh twitch twitch account as well was saying it's all right go back to bed <laughs> you know like there, there's there, there's there's no sweat here man you're gonna be fine like you know um, and he was saying, "Yeah, I guess every time Nick goes on stream, I can go on holiday because I don't have to give out give out any more tickets." But that's how they go. Spinning goes are are a cruel, cruel beast, but it's a format that we've been crushing for a really long time. But when we have those streams, it's always fun. Like the community keeps it alive, and it's uh, it's really really heartening to see so many people giving me support in though in my time of woe. You know what I'm saying?
1: I uh, I saw a similar moment on on one of your videos actually that I watched where you were talking about uh, being emotional and tilt control. And you were like, yeah, like if you're really emotional and you tilt a lot, like maybe sin and goes aren't the aren't the game for. It. And you're like in the middle of giving the speech when one of your hands doesn't hold up, and you're like, what? How how do we not hit there? And I was like, oh man, this is
2: perfect. It's gold. <laughs> no, no, like... no, it's gold. It's gold. It's gold. It's, it, this is this is something that actually I had to deal with a lot when we were starting our community because like if. if if people don't know me, like especially when I'm on stream, I tend to be like a little bit like I, I you know, I, it's a bit dramatized or whatever. But, you know, I'm never I'm never like logging off the stream and like throwing my keyboard at the wall or anything like that. But there's so many cool moments like that where I'm halfway through a speech about something and then I contradict myself wholeheartedly. But, yeah, it was in good spirits. It, I, I, you know, I was complaining with a smile on my face, keeping it professional as always, you know.
0: Now, Nick, there is a very important link between you and this podcast, and I don't there think is. Joe even knows this. So, Joe, you will remember, and I know you don't remember much, but I guarantee you'll remember this. Towards yes. the end of last year, we awarded a platinum pass to a Danish guy called Turker Gerding Jensen in the Superfan yeah. vs. Stapes competition. And after the event, uh, Turker got in touch with us and told us that, you know, um, he discovered poker watching streams on twitch when he was going through some some difficulties in his life and one of the streams that he watched was op poker nick that's right that's right and realizing that he was going to play this 25k in the bahamas Turker was obviously looking for some tips was looking for some help not only did he reach out to you nick but i understand you were his plus one
2: I was his, I was his, well, first of all, I was the one that told him that he had a plus one, which is hilarious because he got the pass and he was unaware. So, so I said, Hey, you know, this is amazing because, you know, he's like, I don't know if, you know, I'm feeling a little bit weird about going on this journey on my own. I said, you should take your girlfriend. He goes, yeah, but I'm not sure if we can afford the flights and I'm going, yeah, but she's, you know, you get a plus one, right? He's like, you get a plus one. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And then I actually had this hilarious conversation where his girlfriend says, no, like it's, it's you, it's your thing. Poker is your thing. I want you to take somebody that you know is going to really appreciate it. You know, she was very you know forgiving about it or whatever, and she sort of gave away her her trip to the Bahamas, which I thought was kind of crazy. And then I had to get her on the phone and get her express consent. I had her on the phone um, in 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 Denmark, and I I was saying to her, "Okay, just I want you to hear. I want you to. I want to hear you say it specifically. You are definitely about to pass up on a trip to the Bahamas, staying at the Atlantis, going to the PSBC, and you're going to give it to me instead. Are you absolutely sure?" She's like, "I'm 100 sure." I'm like, "Okay, well." In that case, I accept. But uh, yeah, it was a pretty crazy moment for me. And I mean, how gratifying for me, right? Like I've been streaming for a year and I've touched or touched or like, you know, reached out and like made a difference in someone's life so much that they were going to take me all the way to the Bahamas. I was completely honored and blown away and it was totally unexpected. Yeah. So cool yeah very cool and that yeah that's a cool parallel that we have uh between the poker and the years podcast as well do you
1: feel like your contributions to his game and uh coaching him i assume during the pspc justified your traveling with him <laughs> um i think my con- so it's, it's it's pretty
2: well known that um mtt's are probably like the weakest part of my game um however i think that a lot of like the sort of um primary concepts that he took with him he may or may not have learned but I also think that we have a parallel as well. Like he, he was going through some through some hard times, and I had side suffered in a similar way in the past. So I was going along, you know, not only as like a somebody who plays poker professionally, but I was also going along in support of that too, because it's something that we had spoken a bit about off stream as well. So we could uh, we could sort of like lean on each other in that situation, especially in such a high high tension uh you know high uh you know high intensity situations such as like a 25k high roller or whatever this Um, is a
1: very serious and heartwarming moment and i hate it
0: (laughs) no nick when you say that mtt's are not your speciality you do realize that when you're analyzing the action in monte carlo (laughs) next week it is an mtt that we're going to be covering
2: I, I absolutely. I think. I, I think I can speak with uh, authority. The only reason why 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 I I sound like I'm uh, I, I'm, I'm shirking or whatever is just because um, I know I know how how long it took me to get to the top of my game in heads up hypers, and I know how good I thought I was to the point where I realized I was terrible, and I had to get a lot better to actually be competitive at a high level. So I'm really uh, hesitant to sort of say, oh, yeah, sure, MTTs, whatever. Yeah, you you piece of cake when I know that it's probably just not my A game. But I'm probably better than most, I guess you could say that.
0: Now, a very important part of the induction process is to play one of Joe Stapleton's dumb games. Um, (laughs) I have a feeling, Nick, that you're actually going to fare quite well at this. He strikes me as one of the cleverer ones, Joe.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, You like this one. Sorry, you mean the guest, not, not the game. Yes. <laughs> God damn it. I thought he was saying it was one of the cleverer games. All right, Nick, this game is called You Down With O.P.P.? <laughs> okay. Uh, now, I was wondering w- what uh, O.P. poker stood for, and you told me it's uh, over, Overpower Poker. Uh, there are many other O.P. abbreviation titles in the world, and this is a quiz on what oh some God. of those are. Oh are you ready? God.
2: I am ready, go for it.
1: Okay, in the song, you down with OPP, what did OPP stand for?
2: Overpowered Poker, obviously.
1: Overpowered Poker is not correct. (laughs) It stood for other peoples and then uh, private parts, but not actually the word private parts. The, The P word and then the other P word. All right. Interchangeable. Question number two. The group of countries that gets together and sets oil prices around the world is known as what?
2: Uh, the... I, I don't know. I don't know. Lay it on me.
1: O-P-E-C, OPEC. The, what is it? Oil-producing something <laughs> when, countries.
2: Are you allowed to ask me that question without knowing what the answer is?
1: Well, I'm only looking for the abbreviation oh, okay. for most of these. Okay. Question number three. What is the name of the fictional company who created RoboCop?
2: Oh my God! Oh, I'm not one of the clever ones. Uh,
0: James,
2: uh, you,
1: can, you can you can Hector a Hardigan
2: if you want on this one. Okay, okay, okay. Hardigan hard Lifeline.
0: I can help you out here, Nick, with the full name and the acronym. It is Omni Consumer Products, OCP. Very good. I actually knew that one, but yeah. Okay, got,
1: okay, got it. Okay, I had a feeling you might be struggling at this point, Nick. So this one's kind of a gimme. Okay. The first three letters of the name of the leader of the Autobots. Optimus Prime. The first three letters of the name of the leader of the Autobots.
0: You got his name, therefore you should be able to...
1: OPT. There we go. OPT, there we go.
2: God,
0: my read was so wrong.
2: You are so your, wrong. Your you were so wrong. It's, it's gonna it's gonna be a it's gonna be a long long road, isn't it? <laughs> out there, out, out there in Monte Carlo, I'm afraid.
1: Luckily, there are only seven questions. <laughs> Question number five. This is where you can check out free books in the city of Omaha. Oh my God! O P L. OPL is correct. The Omaha Public Library. Nice. There we go. All right. Here we go. Question number six. On Seinfeld, Elaine's love of poppy seed bagels caused her to test positive for which drug in her system?
2: Um, OP. O. <laughs> James.
0: See, I thought you were going to hesitate. To give the answer there and accidentally get it right. Op um.
2: <laughs> Opium. Opium. Yeah, but I, I thought you were looking for the acronym.
1: Oh goodness.
0: All See, <laughs> maybe just maybe you're too clever for this quiz, Nick, because you're maybe. trying to apply logic. And just to clarify, this is one of Joe's <laughs> dumb games. Okay. Last sorry.
1: question in uh, Joe's dumb game. Last question. From Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, what was the name of the really cute one with the big ears? Opie. Dopey! There you go! (laughs) All right! Nick Walsh, you were down with OPP. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me.
0: One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus. So we'll hear more from Nick Walsh during our four days of live streaming from Monte Carlo. But right now we can welcome to Poker in the Ears this week's super fan. Please say hello to Fraser Shaw Morris. Hello, Fraser.
3: Hello, my babies. What's up, Fraser? How you doing, buddy? Doing very well, Joe. How are you? Good. Do you guys have Frasers or only Frasers? I almost could have bet that you were going to bring this up for some reason. Um... Yeah, I do get called Frasier quite often. Uh it is Fraser with an s. Are there but are there Frasiers or no? I don't think so. Don't I've never
0: come so. across one other than the guy on TV.
1: I would spell it F R A I S H Z I E R if my if I was a Frasier just to make sure there's a difference.
0: Well the weird thing is when that TV show was on in the UK a lot of people would refer to it as Frasier. <laughs>
3: That's awesome. Frazier, what's your deal, bro? Um, so I am 30. I live in London. Um, I am married, recently married. I work Classic. for a large games publisher. And yeah, try to play as much poker as I can. When you say games publisher, do you mean Cluedo or John Madden Sports? Uh, on, online games, mobile and console games. Do you work at
1: PokerStars? I don't. Okay, good.
0: <laughs> Just checking that you are eligible to win the EPT Open Madrid satellite tickets and the PokerStars merch before we go any further down this avenue. Um, so, how long have you been playing? How long have you been playing poker, Fraser?
3: Got cool. um, years and years. I think I first started playing with my granddad when I when I was way too young, um, and then it's kind of since been um, a passion slash obsession. Um, when literally when I was old enough to go to the casino at eighteen. Uh, have since been trying to play reasonably regularly, um, but mainly uh, I play in a, a pub poker league uh, in, in London.
0: I'm glad that these pub poker leagues are still going across the country, to be honest, because it's still a great way of uh, people being able to play on a regular basis in the right kind of atmosphere.
3: Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, it's a special little league that we have. Um, I think I've been going to the same one for maybe nine years now. And wow, it kind of hop, hops around to various different venues, but it's the same odd faces. And I've made such such amazing friends. You know, um, two of the guys that I play with regularly, who I met, you know, all those years ago, were groomsmen and uh, the best man at my wedding, for example.
1: That's uh, that's really cool, man. All of my poker friends have been friends. I've been friends with for like fifteen years as well. Yeah.
0: So Fraser, you have chosen Steven Spielberg's movie Hook as your specialist subject in Superfan versus Stapes. Um, based on when this movie was released, 1991, I'm going to assume, Joe, that you saw this film, and I imagine that you're a fan.
1: I saw this film probably 40 times. Wow. Uh Basically, uh, when I was a kid, we didn't, we weren't allowed to have access to the TV slash VCR. It was just, uh, you know, it was something that we needed the parents' permission for, and they did not grant it very often. But there was one summer where my parents decided that they were going to do daily walks, and on their thirty-minute walk, me and my brother would watch thirty minutes of Hook every single day. So uh, I've seen this movie a few times.
0: And what about you, Fraser, as a movie that's dear to your heart?
3: Well, I I thought this was going to be a walkover until a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. I heard Joe mention that Um, I thought it was rather an obscure choice, but it is, yes, a firm favorite of mine. Similar story. It was probably one of the first uh, videotapes that I ever had as a kid and would just watch again and again on repeat. Uh, And yeah, I think it's just a, a fantastic movie. Amazing cast. Great story. What's not to love?
1: I'm going to give you a warning right now, Fraser. Run home, Jack.
3: (laughs) No home run, Jack.
0: Whatever. Okay, ten questions compiled by Patrick, the intern, who didn't provide his thoughts on this one, just the questions. Uh, Multiple choice options available should you need them. Two points if you don't take the choices, one point if you do. Fraser, you get to go first. Please give me a number between one and ten.
3: Uh, gotta go, it's always coming. Seven. Number
0: seven. When Peter is about to be fired out of the slingshot, what does Don't Ask tell him to think as his happy thought?
3: God. I'm gonna need the choices.
0: Is it candy, birthdays, bugs, or horsies?
3: I think it's birthdays.
0: Incorrect. It was actually horses. That was a toughie because that's where they're holding up the signs. And you had to know which sign, don't ask, was holding up. Um, exactly, wow, that, yeah. That was that's a
3: toughie. OK, if that's what's more to come. I'm, I might be in trouble here.
0: Uh, Joe, any number other than seven?
1: Uh, yeah, let's let's get weird and go with eight. Number eight.
0: When Jack is playing baseball for the Pirates in Neverland, who are they playing against?
1: I'm going to need the choices.
0: Are they playing against the Pirates, the Buccaneers, the Swashbucklers, or the Scallywags? I'm going to go with the Scallywags. Incorrect. Jack is playing for the Pirates, but the opposition team is also called the Pirates. It's written Ah. on their uniform. So far, you're both putting up a duck. Let's get some points (laughs) on the board. Seven and eight are both gone, Fraser.
3: Okay, let's go all the way back to number one.
0: What did Tootles lose?
3: Tutor's lost his marbles.
0: Correct for two points.
1: Ah, that one I would have known too. Damn it. All right. Uh, He got two points for that. What question was it? Number one. Can I take question two, please? You can.
0: What was the one rule in Wendy's house?
1: The one rule in Wendy's house. I'll know it when I hear it. Was it
0: no crying, no running, no growing up, or no jumping on the bed? No growing up. Correct, for one point. Fraser, you have a one-point lead going into the third round. Three, four, five, six, nine, and ten all available.
3: Okay, let's go with three.
0: The man that bet against Captain Hook bringing Peter back to Neverland was punished. What punishment did he receive?
3: He uh, was taken to the boo box.
0: He was taken to the boo box, and that earns you 2 points
3: i'm just thinking about hook again now
1: for the first time maybe in like 20 years and i that's what a beautiful movie
3: that uh literally that scene used to terrify me the boo box
1: i'm just thinking about it all and i'm getting emotional pick just pick a number for me james
0: okay let's go with your uh, lucky number nine which okay. celebrity plays the role of the police inspector i don't remember would you like the options
1: Yes, please. I'm not just going to give up.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you're having a moment. You may just throw in the towel and blub in the corner. Is it Gene Hackman, Bob Hoskins, Phil Collins or Mike Myers?
1: Bob Hoskins.
0: Incorrect. Phil Collins was the answer. Uh, Fraser, four, five, six or ten?
3: Ten, please.
0: During Peter's speech, what word does he struggle to pronounce?
3: uh gives the options.
0: Tirelessly, temporarily, effortless... Effortle-
3: <laughs> Effortlessly, yeah. Thanks, James.
0: Effortless. Oh, that was a gimme. I remember I heard one.
1: What just happened?
0: Effortlessly or allegedly. Yes, you got it right. It's actually a bloody hard word to say.
1: <laughs>
0: Joe, come on, get back in the game. Four, five or what? six.
1: That was so funny, Uh four.
0: When Captain Hook gave Maggie an F in her lesson, what did he call her?
1: Oh, I'll know it when
0: I hear it, go on. Maggot, fool, imbecile, or half A half Incorrect, it was maggot. Maggot, damn it. You are crashing and burning, Joe. I thought you'd do better yeah. than this. Not good, not Final good. Final round, Fraser, odd or even, five or six?
3: We'll go six, please.
0: What number is Granny Wendy's house? Choices. 7, 14, 19, or 27? Is it 7? No, it's number 14. Joe, final question. Question number 5. What is the name of Peter's business partner who always interrupts him?
1: Hmm... I'm not answering this, but I'm just talking it out. I want to say the I want to say Brian, but go Ooh. go on. The options are Brian, yeah. Brad,
0: Stephen, or Jeremy.
1: Oh, now I'm not sure if it's Brian or Brad. Oh man, I'm gonna go with Brad. It was,
0: Brad. I've never heard someone struggle so much over such an inconsequential question because you were going to lose anyway, but I guess it's better to lose by a smaller margin. Five (laughs) points to Fraser, two points to Joe. Uh, Congratulations, Fraser. You have won this edition of Superfan vs. Stapes. We will be able to send you a couple of EPT Open Madrid satellite tickets plus a bag of PokerStars merchandise.
3: Awesome. Thank you so much, guys.
0: Thank you very much for coming on the show.
1: Thanks, Fraser.
3: See you, guys. See
0: ya. Take care. effort. Effol- I can't say it! Effort-less-ly. effortlessly. 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 It's not a word you can say, effortlessly.
1: Uh, what if there was a guy named Lee who always did things really easily? He would be effortlessly.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a good way to put the little pause in it. Anyway, Joe... Um. We're almost done.
1: That's right, my babies. We're almost out of time. Next week, we will be in Monte Carlo. Four days of coverage from the EPT main event.
0: And keep an eye out in the PokerStars lobby for the EPT online. I'm not sure when it's actually going to appear, but registration will be open in the run-up to the start of coverage. Registration will close at the start of day two of our live coverage on the 2nd of May. $5.50, single re-entry, €5,000 in added value.
1: Awesome. Can't wait. Can't wait to uh, follow the action there and also get involved myself. Our next podcast will be the week after next week. It'll be released on May 8th or thereabouts. We'll be looking back at Monte Carlo, our Monte Carlo recap, and looking ahead for Scoop 2019, the Scoop preview show. So you guys have got a week off from podcast, but we expect you to be with us for all four days in Monte Carlo. Please, in the meantime, turn a friend on to the show. Give us a like, give us a comment, subscribe wherever you subscribe to podcasts. We appreciate it. We will need suggestions for more super fan ideas and applications, as well as ideas for guests. So in the meantime, in our week off, use that hashtag poker in the ears. But for now, we are in fact out of time. For James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later.